Hi, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of A Trophy Life the official podcast of the Naismith Awards here in Atlanta. I'm your host, Bob Rathbun, and coming up this week, my conversation with the president of the 2023 NCAA Men's Final Four Houston Local Organizing Committee, Holly Kesterson. We'll talk about her basketball career, what it's like in the event planning world, and how do you get ready for a Final Four? That's all coming up in just a moment. But first, our Jersey Mike's news and notes. And we begin with the college slate for the weekend for the men and the women. On the men's side Saturday in the ACC, NC State, We'll play at Boston College. Now, the Wolfpack just got back into the top 25 this week after a long absence. Then they lost at Virginia. No great shame in that. But NC State will be tested in this game. Boston College is starting to come on. Earl Grant's club is 6-8 in the ACC. But they did pull off a big upset win at Virginia Tech on Tuesday night. So keep your eye on that game, NC State at Boston College. Also in the SEC on Saturday at 2 p.m. on ESPN, Alabama and Auburn. Alabama's up to number three in the country now. And they are 11-0 in the SEC, the best conference start for an Alabama Crimson Tide basketball team since the mid-1950s. We've got two head-to-head matchups in the top 25 for you this weekend. UConn will go to Creighton and Baylor at TCU. In women's basketball, a big one Thursday night in the Big Ten. In fact, it's the first top five Big Ten game since 1993 when number five Iowa goes to number two Indiana. The Hoosiers at that number two spot, their highest ranking of all time. And that all leads up to the Battle of the Unbeatens on Sunday, 2 p.m. on ESPN and the SEC. Number one, South Carolina, plays host to number three, LSU. South Carolina had that big win holding off UConn last Sunday in Hartford. Both teams are 23-0. LSU's Angel Reese is playing her way into the Jersey Mike's Naismith National Player of the Year honors for the women. She's put together 23 straight double-doubles, one to watch, 23-0 versus 23-0, South Carolina and LSU on Sunday. Friends, we are excited to announce that our 2023 Jersey Mike's National Men's and Women's College Player of the Year midseason teams are now out. Check it out online at naismithtrophy.com. Also, our social media feeds, for example, you can click on Twitter, and it'll take you right to the list of the top 30 men, the top 30 women, and included in the list are champions from a year ago. Oscar Shibway of Kentucky is on the top 30 men's list, and, of course, Aaliyah Boston of South Carolina leads the way on the women's top 30 list. But check it all out at naismithtrophy.com and keep tabs on the top players of the country as we come down the home stretch in college basketball. When we come back, my conversation with Holly Kesterson. But first, this from Jersey Mike's. Did you know Jersey Mike's subs freshly slices the meat right in front of you? It's a Jersey Mike's thing. And did you know I, Danny DeVito, am disqualified from being named world's sexiest man? The first statement about fresh slicing at Jersey Mike's is true, but Mr. DeVito's second statement is false and not endorsed by Jersey Mike's. I endorse it. Jersey Mike's does not. I do. We don't. Do. Don't. Do. Do not. Do sliced right in front of you. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. A sub above. Four weeks from this Sunday will be Selection Sunday. And two weeks after that, the dreams of four teams will be realized. They will be headed to the men's final four in Houston. And waiting with open arms will be the Houston Organizing Committee 
led by our guest this week, Holly Kesterson. Holly, how are you? I am great. Thank you so much for having me with you today. Well, we are so excited. Of course, it's such a big weekend for everybody in college basketball, but particularly for us here at the Naismith Awards, our big brunch will be coming up on Sunday. We can't wait to get to Houston, and I know you guys have been working on this for years. So much to talk about, and, and of course, your basketball background, too. We'll, we'll get to that as well. But when you get, this is uh, something that, of course, the, the sporting world, we just sort of parachute in for a Final Four. But this is, as we know from Atlanta's experience, this is something that takes years and years uh, to get ready for. When did you jump in uh, as the local organizing committee to plan this year's Final Four? You know, it is a huge undertaking. You are absolutely right. So we were awarded in 2018. So I was a part of the team that worked on the bid prior to that. So I've been working on this Final Four technically since 2017, if you'll believe that. Um, wow. What kind of eyes on this event really started um, in the fall of 2021. So we are coming up on, on 18 months of dedicated, you know, everything living and breathing 2023 NCAA Men's Final Four. It's not Houston's first Final Four, of course. There's a blueprint to go by, and, of course, you watch what happens in the other cities as well. But where do you start, Holly, when you get this thing? Where where do you begin? You know, you're exactly right. 2016, 2011, and technically 1971, and, uh, Houston's had the, you know, the pleasure of hosting the men's Final Four. So this will be our fourth one once we get to 2023. Um, and the great thing about it is there's been lessons learned, there's been successes every time we've hosted the Men's Final Four in Houston. And so we start with those lessons learned and that history of success. And so 2016 was absolutely fantastic. It laid the groundwork for us to just improve, grow. And that is what this is about, is how do we make it better for the guests coming in, for the student athletes and the teams going to play in Houston, as well as our local fans. And so we start with that bedrock of success and we move from there. What will be different at NRG Stadium? Because when Final Fours come to these massive football venues, uh, sometimes the intimacy is lost, but we understand why. This event has become such an incredible event. Um, what can be done, Holly, to, um, to really make it a little more fan-friendly than just going into this cavernous arena? Yeah, it's definitely a different experience than your normal basketball arena, that's for sure. But one of the great things about stadiums these days is the technology that comes. Um, so you're going to see things like a massive video board. You're going to have experiences like the tip-off tailgate outside. There's just so many extra pieces that come into being in a major stadium like NRG that is going to make that experience exceptional. Those memories will be exceptional. And hopefully we have an ending like we did in 2016 with those buzzer beaters and those moments that you know will go down in basketball history. Um, we could only be so lucky to have that that experience again. But I think that anybody coming in expecting a normal arena experience will have a totally different opportunity, but certainly not anything less than great basketball. Cannot wait to get there. And I hope you'll have a chance to, to stop by the brunch. I know Eric and the team would love to see you. I will absolutely be there. I can't wait. I've heard so many great things. I've not actually had the opportunity to attend uh, the Naismith Award brunch in the past, but I've heard great things. Eric has been a fantastic partner to work with over the last, I guess, year um, in this process, and so excited to be there and, and celebrate the great things that the Naismith Awards do. Holly, tell us about your team. Uh, you've got so many great uh, 
women and men working for you to pull this all off? How many like subcommittees are there and how many people are you overseeing? Uh, great question. So we have on our LOC staff, we have 19 people on the team working on this championship and excited for that. But when you start to look at the people who touch this event and who have a, a hand in it, we have eight subcommittees that each range from 25 to 50 attendees and members on those. So that number just continues to grow. Um, but then you look at the, the additional partners in our community. So the, the stadium staff, the convention center staff, the staff at Discovery Green where the music fest will be. I mean, the number of people in this community who are touching this event is, is in the thousands, certainly. Um, but that's because it is a, it's a citywide effort. Everything from public safety, on and on and on. Those are the people that make this possible, make it safe, made it, make it you know an experience that people will remember. Um, so yeah, we are definitely a city in it together, and I can tell you that we're extremely proud of the things that our city is able to do by by those efforts. You have been in event planning and this type of work for quite some time. I wanted to ask you about your basketball background because you were a scholar athlete and a hooper back in the day. Back in the day, for sure. I was. And it's, you know, it really is full circle for me um, to be able to be, you know, grow up as an athlete, play college basketball, um, and then to be in this role, hopefully making even, you know, just the, the smallest impact on, you know, this next generation of college hoopers who are coming in, going to be at the pinnacle of their careers. Um, it means a lot for me to be a part of this. It means a lot for our team to be a part of this. But, yeah, being a Hooper back in the day definitely makes this special for me. And uh, tell us about your, your basketball background. Uh, when did you start playing? I, I assume, you know, growing up as a kid and playing in high school. Yes, I grew up playing basketball. I started in elementary school. Um, like every kid out, you know, on the blacktop, you know, at recess was, was where that all started and played through – through high school, played travel ball like most kids did, played AAU, um, and then got, you know, was extremely fortunate to get to play at Johnson & Wales University and play college basketball, which was, you know, a dream come true for me. Um, got to do, you know, some coaching after I played. So I've been in that basketball world for, for a long time. It was the love of my life. And so to be able to, to transition my career into the sports industry and specifically be touching basketball events again is, is definitely a, a fun experience. Did you grow up in New England? I grew up in uh, California, actually. So I'm, I've, I've made my time across the country um, and had the joy of, of growing up in California playing basketball. Then I worked for the Olympic Committee out of Colorado Springs before moving to Houston. And I'm coming up on, actually, this month is eight years in Houston. Wow. And that led you, I assume, back to Northern Colorado to get your master's. Yes, back to Northern Colorado to get my master's degree um, in sports administration, which was a great connection back into to the sports world and, and the amazing Olympic sports that take place in the state of Colorado. So it was, it was a really interesting path for me, but a, a great one that I'm very, very thankful for. You also spent time with the Paralympic uh, side of things. Uh, what did you take from that? You know, it's funny. I tell this story that when I left graduate school, I really wanted to work for USA Basketball. I wanted to stay in my basketball lane. That's all I wanted to do. Um, but the internship opportunity I received was with the Paralympics. Um, and I, I thought, it, you know, I'll do my internship and I'll move on and get back to basketball. But I had to learn a whole new view on sports, a completely different way of doing things, how to rethink sports, different ways of competing, 
Um, and it taught me how, you know, back to your sport days, how to work hard and how to be open-minded and be challenged because it is a totally different different sports world than I had been exposed to, and I absolutely fell in love with it. And so I went on for my internship to actually to take a job with the Paralympic Division, um, went on and, and just spent as much time there as I could because it was just a great experience around us, some of the most inspirational athletes that I've ever seen in my life, some of the most amazing gifted athletes I've ever seen. Um, but Paralympics is a, is a movement that I hope continues to grow and get traction because it's absolutely one of the most special things I've ever seen and been a part of. Wow, that's, that's great testimony. Well, Holly Kesterson, we cannot do anything but wish you nothing but the best. Uh, this is such a massive undertaking. I know uh, sleep is a uh, is kind of put on the back burner now for the next uh, few weeks, uh, but I know you guys will be ready for the world to, to come to Houston, and it'll be another memorable Final Four. Best of luck. Not that you'll need it. I know it's all planned out and ready to go, but we're so excited to come to Houston. Well, we can't wait to have you, and thanks so much for spending time with us today. Hopefully we'll get a chance to chat while you guys are here in Houston in, I think, 51 days. The countdown is underway. Holly, thank you. That will do it for this week. Make sure you rate and review us. Let's us get the word out to college basketball fans everywhere. We are coming down the home stretch with a lot of great games. The NCAA tournament is right around the corner. And, of course, our award season is in full swing, too. So lots to talk about in the weeks ahead here in February as we get into March. Until next week, for all of us here at the Naismith Awards, Bob Rathbun saying so long.